Hello, it's Suzanne King with King's Committee, another episode, but today I am joined by Mike Keeler of Peak Financial Solutions, and Mike has agreed to join me as my guest here because we're going to talk about the cost of college education and should you or should you not pursue a college education. So Mike, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you very much. Tell me what you're thinking about. I see some papers on the table here. Tell me what you've got right. together. Well, what's been on my mind is I've got a son. He's a senior up at UNR, and he, he's fortunate. I've been able to pay for his college. Uh, but there are so many people out there who aren't in that position where a parent can pay for their college. And it, it's just gotten so crazy expensive, and we're saddling these kids with so much debt. Uh, and, and that's a... To me, that's a huge problem. Um, you know, I pulled up this little chart. It said back in the 70s, somebody would have to work about five hours a week to pay for their public uh, university education. Yeah. Five hours a week, not a problem. Today, it's 28 hours a week. Wow. You know, where are you going to have time for studying? So uh, I don't understand why college has gotten so crazy expensive. But, you know, we need to do something about it. And it's not free college. It's not more grants and scholarships. It's reducing the cost of college. Yeah. And wouldn't you like to know the costs and expenses that support the current rates of tuition and housing and room and board that the kids are being charged with now? Yeah. I'd love to see that spreadsheet. I, I, I don't know why it's gotten so out of control. Um, the cost of textbooks is just nuts. Um, I mean, my son had to get this, it was about a, a ream of paper, you know, just a regular ream of paper. Didn't even come with a three ring binder and he had to pay like a hundred dollars for this thing. Wow. Well, what about digital textbooks? The cost of digital textbooks seems a little high compared to it, it does, the especially cost of them. compared to my Kindle. Right. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, that's. I think it's uh, really out of control. Um, now, let me just step back a sec. Um, I don't think college is for everybody, and, and and that's fine. I know a lot of highly successful people without a college degree. I mean, they run major construction companies. Uh, and, and it's just for the people who want college that really need to do it. Um, in vocational schools, we ought to support those because uh, people who are welders or fix cars, I mean, they need that education. There's, there's those opportunities out there too. Um, Same with computer coding. Yeah, yes. I, I've got one kid who tried college for a year, didn't work out. Okay, well, he went through a lot of um, IT courses. He's gotten some certifications and now he's uh, moving up to Salt Lake City and going to try and find his first job up there. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't a lot of money to get these IT certifications. They're just the basic ones and it's going to get him an entry level job. And that's fine. He And he understands he's going to have to get more of these certifications as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we there, there's all this talk about free college and forgiving all this debt, but why should these kids have gotten in that much debt in the first place? I mean, that's just wrong. Yeah, exorbitant. Yeah. Um, and I've talked to my state legislators. I, 
it's amazing how few people actually talk to their st- state legislators. I, I, I talk to my Congress people, the senators. I've been back to DC to talk to them. I've gone into their offices and actually had meetings with them. And what did they tell you? Uh, I wasn't talking about this. I was talking about different things, mm-hmm. but um, you know, they, they, they like to hear from us. They really do. They want to know what we're thinking. So I encourage everybody, if there's something on your mind, if it's at the state level or the federal level, reach out to them. It's not hard to send them an email. Now, you may not be able to talk with the actual person, the actual legislator, but they've got a lot of staff and they compile all this information and pass it on. So. Um, and did you, did you get any action after having those conversations? So when I was talking to the state legislators about it, the, it, they said, oh, here's a helpful website with scholarships and grants. And I said, no, you don't understand. College is too expensive. Why is a UNR or a UNLV degree 100 grand? I mean, there, there's no reason for a state school to be charging that kind of money for a college degree. And how would an 18-year-old looking at incurring that level of debt possibly feel super motivated to want to get through four or five years of college with that price tag attached? Well, you're, you're, you're definitely hindered going into life, getting that first job. Are you going to be able to afford an apartment if you have this monthly payment now? So that, that's kind of scary. Um, I just feel that we need to dial back the cost of uh, a state education. Private schools can charge whatever they want. I went to a private school. I went to the University of Redlands, and I know you went to a private school. I I think they'll adjust over time as public schools come down. But, you know, we we pay for these public schools. And is a college education that much better today than it was back in the 70s when you could work five hours a week? Yeah, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Imagine... The number of students that would say, I would do that all week long if you tell me I work for five hours and I can pay for my own way to get through college. Yeah. And it's really sad that we haven't taught our kids how to evaluate the equation here. Is taking on this amount of debt going to be worth it in the long run? I've had people come in and they owe sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 and they're making 40000 a year. I'm sorry, it's going to take a long time to pay that off. But I do think having received a college degree is an accomplishment that once someone does go through those four or five or ten years, however long it takes to get that degree, Mm -hmm. if that's what's going to make them feel good about themselves and have a life where they look back and say, okay, I had really had this goal to complete college and I wanted to do it and the cost I paid was worth it to me because that's what I wanted to do. Totally understand that. I think what we're talking about here is affordability and how the numbers have increased, not necessarily in proportion to people's ability to pay for them. And that's that's right. Uh, the amount of money that people are having to borrow for that same college degree that people got for five hours a week back in the 70s it is just insane. And how does that parlay into a salary or a wage post-graduation? Right. And a lot of these people are finding 
it, it's not as easy to get a job as they thought that they were led to believe. And oops, you know, you've got all this extra debt. Now what do you do? Yeah. So, um, you know, if people could really figure out, okay, is taking on this debt really in my best interest or not? And a lot of people might make a different choice. Mm -hmm. They may go to CSN for two years and then transfer to UNLV, which, which is just an awesome way to get a college degree. Yeah. Your, your diploma says UNLV. It doesn't say half UNLV, half CSN. Correct. And you know, that, that's a great way to do it. And a lot of states are you know, really pushing for that. But why is UNLV that expensive that we're having to do this in the first place? I would so love to see that spreadsheet. I, I, I don't know. And, and you just look at the cost of college over the years, how it's outpaced inflation. Yeah, why, right? Why? There are two things that significantly outpace inflation, medical costs and education. We're, we're paying a lot of money at the gas pump, but that's cheap compared to an education. Well, what else do you have on your list there? I saw that you've got some things written and written down. Yeah, uh, it. I, I just think that a lot of people really need to evaluate whether they want to take on that kind of debt in the first place. Um, when my younger kid started college, uh, he had trouble finishing high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we said, Lost well, motivation. yeah, we said, why don't you work for a year before starting college? And we were hoping we'd gain a little bit of maturity there. Um, and so my kid got a job, worked at Walmart, yep. which was a heck of an education right there, mm -hmm. learning to deal with people and kind of understanding why you might want a college education in the first place. But uh, when he did start going to school, he still just didn't have the motivation, which was kind of kind of sad. But in the long run, my wife and I just want our kids to be happy. Yes. And I, I don't care. You know, college isn't that important to me for my kids. If they you know, want to do a different route, that's great. Um, he's taken some IT classes and hopefully we'll find that job. So we're, we're kind of excited about that. Well, we've got low unemployment, so hopefully that means it's a good job market for him. Yeah. I, Did I, he complete the certificate? Yeah, yeah. He's so done he's several of them. Actively in the market looking for his first position. And yeah. what type of position is he seeking? Just entry-level information technology. Probably end up as a support uh, person. Uh, you know, is your computer on type of thing? <laughs> is it plugged in? <laughs> there is. And, you know, especially as we are becoming more and more home office based, uh, more and more people have bigger needs because, uh, you know, I can't get my printer to work. Well, okay. And sometimes they have to send them out to, to people's homes to take care of this stuff uh, just well, to maintain workability. To anyone who's listening, if you are looking for someone uh, with that skill set, you can contact uh, his son through Peak Financial Solutions. And yep. what's your website? Peakfinancialsolutions.com. Well, there you go. And then isn't there a function where you can create a 
an interview or a setup? Yeah, you can set up an appointment. You know, if you're interested in financial planning, uh, yeah, just go to my website and the top uh, right button. That's set up an appointment. We can do a phone call, in-person meeting, whatever you'd like. Fantastic. Tell me about your practice because you're speaking about the cost of education and whether or not education is is the right thing for someone but you also advise your clients with regard to other things that cost money and planning Certainly. for things so tell me about that well retirement is the biggest one we talk about people yeah. often want to retire yes. <laughs> you think uh and college education is kind of a secondary topic but most of the time we're doing retirement planning so we're looking to raise money for that retirement and then when the person actually retires which is a very tough decision to actually say, yes, I'm going to retire. Uh, it's often more complicated than saying I do. Yeah. It's a bigger decision really, because it's hard to undo it. Um, but then we have to figure out a way to provide an income for that. And that's not just undoing what we did. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So uh, we, we tailor everybody's experience to their particular needs. But, you know, one other passion I have is uh, financial education in our school district. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife's got a PhD in education, and she was on the committee that set the social study standards for the state of Nevada. Really? So that was, you know, a big honor to be chosen for that. And I said, oh, this is awesome, honey. Let's get some financial planning taught (laughs) in in our schools. That's a great idea. And she just kind of shook her head and said, it's already in there but they don't teach it because it's not on the standardized test. What? What? Okay, tell me about that. Well, the standardized test, you know, that that's how the school gets rated. Okay. And so they spend all their time making sure that the kids do well on that standardized test. And they may skip some topics like financial education. And that goes back to, should I borrow all this money for a college education? or? Should I borrow money to buy a TV versus saving money for a TV? Well, why couldn't you incorporate the financial education in the math portion of the standardized test and make it more relatable to the kids? Because they're wondering how they're going to pay for a car and the insurance and college or what type of housing options they might have available to them. Why not combine both and use the mathematics to help with the decision-making? And, and that that is what I went to Congress and talked to them about. Oh, I yeah. said, can we change the standardized test? Can we put this topic on it? I believe it's really important. Now, I was one of those nerds in high school. I took all the math and the science stuff. And to me, a financial education, and it's probably just a one semester, maybe even half a semester class, just understanding debt, how it works for you, how it works against you. Something like this is so important for our kids. They need to understand this. When they graduate from high school, we tell them you're an adult now, go out and make your fortune. But they don't know how to deal with money. So they could be set up for failure. I was lucky. My dad was really good with money and he told me what I had to do. And my father-in-law was the same way. So my wife and I come from very strong financial backgrounds. But most kids don't have that. So it's it's crazy that people learn, well, I just borrow money for this. I'll borrow money for a TV. 
well, you're going to pay twice as much for that TV over the time. Why don't you wait a little bit and save up for that TV? Yeah, and let's have some education on how to have credit, how to establish credit, how to manage your credit, and how to use it effectively. Right, because that's、right? going to affect you. It in is. The future. <laughs> yeah. So I, when my kid、uh, um, didn't do well in high in college and started working, I said, okay, you need to get a credit card, but this is what you're going to do with it. And he had a few monthly expenses that he put on there, and but he would always pay it off as soon as it was charged. Good. And and that's a great way great way to start to build up that credit. And I said, you are never going to finance anything on this, or I will disown you. <laughs> yeah, joking. But you know, I'm trying to make sure that they understand how important it is. To save for things instead of pay them off over time. Yeah. And so. Deferred gratification. Right. And so my kid loves computers and bought a fancy graphics card and on this、uh, awesome VR system, but he saved up for that. I mean, how cool is that? I, I was so proud. And you know, but not everybody has somebody there to teach them those lessons. And I, I would love to see that. So I'm calling on our federal legislators to change the test to include this topic because everybody needs it. Everybody definitely needs it. Whether you're college bound or not, you need to know about debt.、Yeah. And you know, does it make sense to buy a brand new car and pay that much amount for it, or should you go buy a used car and pay a different amount? You need to be able to understand those. Now. Would you and your wife be willing to spend your time and capability to help make that change here in Nevada, if it were possible? Well, funny you change, say that. Change the <laughs> curriculum here in Nevada. Would you be willing to step forward and say, "Okay, yeah, we'll so share our time." So one one of my clients is Linda Young, one of the local. She she used to be the president of the school board, and、uh, she asked me the same question.、Mm-hmm. And、I、so, like <laughs> so she and I are gonna work to create some curriculum for some teachers, and I'm gonna. My wife hasn't. I didn't tell her about this, but I'm gonna bring her in on it since she's great at designing the curriculum. I got the knowledge, but I'm not always the greatest at spitting it out in understandable ways. That's why I got my wife here. So she'll help me create a curriculum、uh, for teachers, and so that that's something that. I hope to do over the next year or so. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. What if we could recruit a number of, say, parents who went through the same thing, and maybe their kids are、uh, beyond the high school years、mm-hmm. now, but we kind of understand what that looks like in the high school format. What if we volunteered our time to be able to learn your curriculum and teach it as substitute teachers? So when the schools needed substitute teachers. They could come in and help assist introducing and rolling out that new curriculum. That would be awesome.、Uh, the more people who can teach this, the better off we're going to be as a society. Yeah.、Uh, when when people are living paycheck to paycheck because they don't know how to manage their funds, we we need to be doing better. And and it just frustrates to me that I see this problem, and people don't. You know, the, our government doesn't see it as a problem, 
And uh, you know, debt, debt is good and debt is bad. You can't buy a house without debt. Most people can't. Yeah, leverage. Yeah, but do you need to borrow a lot of money for a new car or maybe you sh should you buy a two-year-old car and just get by? Now I paid cash for my last couple cars and boy, it's cool to be able to go into the dealer and say, I want the out the door price because all they ever talk about is how much can you afford a month? And they'll figure out some sort of loan. It could be a seven or eight year loan, which is just a horrible idea. You should have bought a used car if that's what you have to do. Yeah, I remember my dad told me when I was finishing up college, first of all, he told me I had to finish college in four years because it was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then he told me that if you were going to buy a car, it needed to be 25% of your annual salary. Mm -hmm. And then also, if I were going to buy a house, it would be three times my annual salary. And just like we were talking in the beginning of this conversation, those numbers don't really apply to today's economic situation. Yeah. You know, what your dad said was, you know, great advice, but you're right. Things have changed so much and you can't find a house you, well, three times your annual salary as a new college grad no you you certainly can't not here in las vegas and many cities yeah i was just at a meeting in denver and uh, with you know other advisors across the country and we were all just saying i don't know what today's kids are going to do i mean how can they afford a house it's right? it's crazy um and we're just seeing more and more apartments being built because people can't afford houses. It's sad. Um, but I, I think that's going to have to correct itself in some way. Uh, everything's cyclical. Housing, gold, stock market. Housing's been on a, a quite a winning streak for a while. So yeah, I don't think it'll crash like it did back during the mortgage crisis. But... You could see some drops, nothing yeah. too significant. And as long as people have a fixed rate mortgage and they can afford it, it's okay. Well, see, there's another thing that you would want to teach in your curriculum, the fixed versus the variable rates. Mm -hmm. And especially those things that are interest only, those are kind of scary. <laughs> a mortgage broker isn't necessarily a fiduciary. And what a fiduciary is, is somebody who has to tell you what is in your best interest. So that mortgage broker may be just trying to get a mortgage done and they may put you into something that's not in your best interest. They may not know what's in your best interest because you're coming there trying to uh, finish a, a negotiation or complete a transaction and you're trying to do it any way you can. Right. But if you don't have the education behind it because you didn't have this program in high school that taught you how to understand <laughs> what you were working with. Yeah. Then you, you're simply answering the questions when the mortgage broker says, are you looking for this, that, or the other? And you kind of say, well, which one's going to change my monthly payment to something more affordable, not thinking about the long term, and are you going to be able to build equity over time by paying it down slightly over you know, each month? Yeah. So I, there, there's a lot of education that needs to happen. And un unfortunately, uh, you know, it's just not being taught for, for whatever reason. And 
I would love to just see, you know, if I were king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would just put in, you know, mandatory financial education for everybody. Yeah. It's more important than the Pythagorean theorem or physics or any of this other stuff that's being taught in schools. Right. You know, how many English classes do we really need? Do we diagram sentences? Um, no, thank you. <laughs> But we could also incorporate financial education in those English classes because instead of writing an essay on a topic of your choosing, maybe the essay is looking up, say, the cost of one car versus another and writing a compare contrast of the cost of cars. And so if that would be a great we were, research topic. Yeah, if we were building in these mm -hmm. pieces of education into other topics, I think it would be much more applicable to the kids. And, and it's real world thing. We yeah. I've got this uh, thing I used to do. It's called the million dollar car. And it, it starts off and you've seen one. I see them all the time. And it's somebody who's young <laughs> who goes out and buys, you know, like a brand new Mustang or a Camaro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right out of school too. Right out of school. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it's a kick-ass car. I love that. I've got a Camaro. I love my Camaro, but I pay cash for it, and I, you know, I had saved up for it. But you know, what what is the cost of that car? Say you have it for uh, a loan for five years, and so you're you're talking about a, a nice car versus a, a two-year-old Toyota or Honda, something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's not much sexy about an old. Toyota Camry or a Corolla, right? But it gets you around. And you look at the cost between those two, and if you save the difference between those two for five years, and then you left that money invested until retirement, it's about a million bucks. Wow. So that Mustang is a million dollar car. That means that we also need to teach opportunity cost. Opportunity school. cost, yep. <laughs> That's right. that, that is exactly right. So, uh, There's there's just a lot of different topics that we need to be talking about, and you know what makes sense for you to buy. Yes, the the Camaro is a awesome car and it's a lot of fun to drive, but you know and, the, and that Corolla, oh, it's nothing exciting. But you know what is it going to cost you over your lifetime? And if you had an extra million dollars in retirement, would would your retirement be that much better? So instead. Buy the less expensive car and maybe upgrade the stereo so you can enjoy There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a way to look at it in There, a positive yep. manner. That'll do it. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you very much for joining me on King's Committee. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. It's been fun. And again, if anybody is listening, curious to learn more about Mike's business, it's peakfinancialsolutions.com. Yep. Or bestfinancialadvisorintheuniverse.com. I bought that U URL too. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And everybody have a great day. Goodbye. Bye-bye.